Amen. Well, today I want to speak on and take a look at the word humility. Everybody say humility. I've titled this sermon, The Power of Humility. There's power in humility. But how many know that there's this other word called pride that affects us and takes control of us at times? Um, you don't have to raise your hand because I know this is the truth. Every one of you here has battled pride in one form or another. Some of you have had a major battle with it. Others have just had to battle with it. But all of us have had the battle with pride. How do I know that? Because you're human beings, just like I am. And uh, I want to look at the dangers of pride and the opposite of that word, which is humility, and why it's so important that you and I understand the dangers of pride as opposed to humility. You see, the Word of God teaches us about the dangers of living a prideful life. And the blessing, conversely, the blessing of walking in humility. Everybody say humility. It even sounds like a pleasant word. Humility. Humility. I mean, that could put you to sleep, right? Humility. Humility. You say that at home later. Okay. But again, what I know... this to be true, that, that prideful people are often people that are trying to prove to others how good they are, right? Prideful people are always trying to prove something to somebody else. And, ha- and they don't, what they don't realize is they don't need to prove anything. Amen? And they have an extreme difficult time admitting their mistakes. They have an extreme difficult time accepting criticism, Okay, don't elbow that person next to you if that was that person. But you know who you are. Maybe that's something that you've battled and you've, you've conquered. Let me tell you, it's something that you've got to keep stomping out of your life because pride will tend to rise back up in your life. And I want to walk through that with you. Uh, I've shared this story here before, but when I was younger, I, I, uh, I had pride in my life. Just like a lot of young people, you grow up to be cocky and... You know, you think you, you know it all. How many, teena- when you were teenagers, thought you knew it all? Raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, you're all lying, because I know you all thought you knew it all. And if you don't believe me, just ask your parents if they're still alive. They'll tell you that you thought you knew it all. Well, that, I was no different. And uh, so we're cocky. You know, you, you believe your head is bigger than what it should be. Um, and... Uh, I've shared this story again before, but about the time where the Lord humbled me as a teenager uh, playing baseball. And I was, uh, we were up in Willits. Uh, I played for St. Helena High School just up the road, and we would play up in Willits, which is a three-hour bus ride. It's no fun on a bus to get up to Willits, let me tell you right now. By car, it's probably two hours plus. But we're up there. It's the last inning. Um, the score, we are ahead by one run. Willits is a great team. We're, a, we're the top two teams in the league. And um, bases are loaded. Two outs. Bottom of the last inning. And their best hitter comes up to the plate. And the coach brings me in to pitch as a relief pitcher. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm a good relief pitcher. I'll come in, get this last guy out. We'll go home and celebrate three hours on that bus ride. So the unfortunate thing was, you know, as a cocky young man, you know, I get up to pitch, and uh, 
I look up, and it's their best hitter on the team. Guy went on to have a major league Hall of Fame career in my mind, okay? He was up to bat, and I thought to myself, because I was so smart, I thought, well, you know what? Instead of pitching to the guy, I'll just pick off the guy at first base. I'll throw it over to first base and pick him off. They won't even expect it. Well, if you know anything about baseball, when the bases are loaded, the first baseman does not play on the bag like this, like waiting for a pickoff throw. They play about 10 feet off the bag. There's first base. They play over here. Well, in my mind, I'm, I'm picking this guy off. So I go in my motion like this, and I turn around, and I throw it to where the first baseman was supposed to be standing. And the ball goes right past first base, all the way into right field. Here comes the tying run from third base, scores. Here comes the runner from second base, third base, and he comes home, and they win the game, and we lose, and we have the longest three-hour bus ride ever. That was humbling. That was very humbling. Now, I'm in there, in the bus. Nobody's talking to me because we lost the game because of my stupidity. I should have just pitched to the guy. We could have lived with it. If he would have gotten a hit, well, great. He did, he did his job. But I didn't. I thought I could do something smarter than what I should have been doing. Anyways, I remember the, the, we were the junior varsity, and the varsity team was coming on the board because on the bus. We went to go pick them up at their field. And I remember the coach, the varsity coach, asking the JV coach, so how'd you guys do? And all of a sudden, they both looked down at me where I was sitting. They're, they're right here at the entrance of the bus, and they go, yeah, the, um, Mendez threw pickoff throw, went to right field, we lost the game. I could hear him say that, and I'm like, oh, where can I dig a hole digger, bigger than this right here? But that was a fun bus ride home for three hours. And... Uh, Maybe you don't have an experience like that in a baseball game. Maybe it was at work. Maybe it was at home. Maybe you fell. Maybe you did something embarrassing where God possibly humbled you. How many have a story like that similar but in a different way, right? Because God humbles us. And if you think you can get away from that, I'm here to tell you, you can't escape God's humbling hand. He will humble you. Can I get an amen? I wish I would have had a warning sign. You know what I mean? Let's take a look up at the screen. Everybody recognizes that. Warning. Keep out. High voltage. If you see that sign, you're not even going to question it. You are not going to proceed past that sign. You're going to stop right there, and you're going to turn around, go a different way. You know, the Word of God is filled with warning signs. They're called scriptures. Scriptures throughout the Word of God that help us lead a life that, where we don't have to get hurt. Now, you can ignore that sign and take your life into your own hands. You can choose to do that. People do that every day. They ignore signs all around them and know that they shouldn't, but they choose to keep on going. And they will pay the price. God humbles the proud. I want to take you to our sermon text. It's on your handout, and it's going to be up on the screen, but it's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. One of the scriptures I love as I've, got, as I've gotten older. Let's read it together. It says, In the same way, 
You who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. That's why I like it. Okay, let's keep going. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Everybody say humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Let me just read that again in case you didn't hear it. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. All right, before I break that scripture down, this is what we're going to do throughout this sermon. I'm going to say this phrase, and you're going to repeat it with me each time. So when you hear me say, Lord, teach me to be humble, I want you to say that with me. So let's practice. Lord, teach me to be humble. All right? So when we get to that point, when you hear me say, Lord, you say it with me. All right. Well, getting back to the scriptures here, the key word in this passage is the word opposes, as in God opposes the proud. He opposes those that are prideful. See, pride stinks in heaven. It stinks. comes up as a, as a smell. Anybody have a, ever smell stinky garbage? That's what it smells like to the Lord is pride. It stinks. Because that's not what's expected out of us as believers. Now, it's one thing. Well, let, let, first let me explain what the word means, the word opposes. It means to disprove. It means to resist. It means to be hostile to. It means to rebel. Now, it's one thing, again, for you and I to disapprove of each other. But if God disapproves of me, then I'm, I've got problems. How many agree with me? If God disapproves of me, I've got major problems. You know, you and I may have disagreements, and that's going to happen in this world. But I want God to always approve of me, and I want God to approve of you. That is the spirit of pride. That's what pride does. And in the process, according to this scripture, you can become God's enemy because he opposes the proud. Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh man, I'm starting to get it. Why those prayers aren't being answered. Now I want you to hold on still because we still got a long ways here. Now, I don't believe that any of us want to be opposed to God or have God opposed to us. There's not a hand that's going to be raised here if I ask you, do you want God to be opposed to you? No, of course not. You want God to walk with you, to minister to you, to encourage you and be faithful with you. Well, let's, let's continue to look at some words or some scriptures regarding the word pride or um, the spirit of pride. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 5. In the English Standard Version, it says it this way. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. And I always say this. Sister Brenda, I looked up what the word everyone means in Greek, and you know what it means? It means everyone, exactly. It means everyone. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Other versions say pride goes before a fall. Just be careful when you are full of pride. I promise you there is a fall coming. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but it will happen. God, in that place, he gets your attention, doesn't he? 
When, thing, when you fall flat on your face, there's only one place to go back up, and that's up. There's only one place to go, and God will pick you up. But you've got to want God to pick you up, or you can sit there on your face living a life of, with pride. So what is pride? Pride is all about self. It's all about self-importance, your self-will. It's really about me, myself, and I. That's what pride is. And uh, one of the first places we see that in the Bible, which I'm going to take you to, is in the book of Isaiah. It's one of the first accounts of pride that we see. And I want to read this to you as warnings to each of us here today. But in the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, starting in verse 12, this is the Lord talking about Lucifer, Satan himself, who was an angel in heaven. The Bible describes him as the most beautiful of all the angels. He was the chief musician in heaven. You know, this is for free, though, but do you know that there's a connection between the music that's demonic in this world and Lucifer, Satan? It's not by accident. There's a connection there. Um, so let's go back to this verse, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. How many times did Satan refer to himself as I? Five times, right there. Cinco, cinco veces, five times for those that are bilingual. And that's where it begins to worry me when I hear conversations like, I did this or I'm going to do that and, and it's all about me, myself and I. Those are the conversations that begin to worry me because I know that that person is full of pride and it's only a matter of time before they fall. And this is a warning to believers here today that I'm talking about. The world outside that doesn't know the Lord, most of those people are already full of pride. They're content doing it their way. We as Bible believers, as, as faith followers of Jesus Christ, know that Jesus Christ came into our life and we look to him. It's not about us. It's about him in our lives. Amen? So pride is also a sin that leads to other sins. It's kind of like a gateway sin. It is. Pride leads to other sins. When you think you're all that in a bag of chips, guess what? There's not a lot of things that you're going to be afraid to do that you shouldn't be doing, even though those warning signs are right there. Right? Pride is, should be scary to you if you're filled with pride today. Lord... Teach me to be humble. Lord, teach me to be humble. That should be our cry every day. So that's what pride is about. So what's, what's the word humility about? And before I go there, I'm not saying that you can't be proud of your family, that you can't be proud of the hard work that you've, that's gotten you to where you're at. No, 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 no. You should be. You work hard because God helped you. Be proud of that. I'm talking about a pride that stinks. There's a big difference. How many know what I'm talking about? Uh, all it takes is to engage in a conversation with somebody, 
And after five minutes, after 52 eyes, you're like, oh, okay, it's all about you. Okay, um, that's what I'm talking about. That's the spirit that stinks before Almighty God. Humility, what it means is not to belittle yourself or think less of yourself, but it means to think about ourselves less. Does that make sense? Say it again. Humility is not to think less of yourself. It actually means to think about ourselves less. Wow, that, some people just got mind blown right now with that one. That's, that's the truth. God wants you to think less of yourself. The, be thinking less and less of yourself. Don't let yourself just be the only thought in your mind. Be thinking of others. Be thinking of how you can be a blessing to those around you. It's not just about you. And I, can I get an amen? You know, one of the greatest examples my family has had growing up is to be surrounded by people that show humility in my life. And you, you, this congregation here has gotten to know those two people right here. Give a big hand to my mom and dad today. What you see is what you get with them. They're no different at home. They're no different um, on the road. Maybe they were different 40 years ago, I can tell you that. Just like I was. They could share that testimony at some other point. But they have always been and shown a life of humility to their children. And it, it didn't really start with them. My, my grandparents on both sides were humble people. One of the things that when you're an immigrant to this country, it humbles you. It really does. How many, how many agree with me that it humbles you when you have immigrant parents and grandparents that have come here to this country? You can't just come here full of pride because you're starting from the bottom. You're working your way up. And our grandparents, their parents, came here as immigrants to this country. And they came humbly looking for work and humbly raising their families. And they taught that, passed on that on to their children. And my mom and dad have passed that on to their children. And we're trying to pass that on to my children and grandchildren. Amen? God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud, but lifts up the humble. You see, when I grow up, I want to be like my parents. Yeah. Amen. So for the next few minutes, I want to take a look at three men from the Word of God. I want to take a look at three men. The first one is Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Let me help you out with this. It's right after 1 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 3. I'm going to start reading. Uzziah. Okay. Here we go. Uzziah was 16 years old. Everybody say, that's real young. When he began to reign. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Verse 5, he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Let me say that again. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Did you catch that? As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now the next few verses, starting in verse 6 through 15, talk about his great accomplishments. Uzziah was a man that was very proud. 
He became full of pride because he was an amazing builder, the Bible says. He built walls and, and built many buildings, and he was also a warrior, the Bible says. And all those things, in, a, in those accomplishments, he became very proud, a very proud man, very prideful. So let's pick it up in verse 16, 2 Chronicles 16. But before we go there, let me just remind each of you of this, that when the fact that we are never closer to failure than our greatest successes. We are never closer to failure than our greatest successes. We're that close from failure. Think about it. Some of your greatest accomplishments, you've been that close to failure. It was one or the other. And in this case here, Uzziah failed to recognize the work of God in his life and to properly give him thanks. Instead, he took all the praise. He took all the glory for all of his accomplishments. Be careful with that. Second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 16. That's where we're going to pick it up right here. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. For he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became angry. He was angry. Notice, let me stop here. Notice how pride is usually followed with anger when things don't go your way. He became angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And when he became angry with the priest, leprosy broke out in his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. Consequences because of failure to ignore the warning signs. Did you catch that? Consequences. God opposes the proud. This is a prime example of that. So Lord, teach me to be humble. Let's go to another man in the Old Testament. Same book, Second Chronicles. Let's turn to chapter 33. We're going to read about Manasseh. Manasseh. Starting in verse 1, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was evil, everybody say evil, in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh became a very evil man. He erected altars to false gods and worshipped them. He even built altars in the house of the Lord. Now, this is an evil man, and I'm trying to show you a few different dynamics here. One of the evil man that didn't repent, and one that changed his ways. Let's pick it up here in verse 10. Second Chronicles 33 and verse 10. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they paid no attention. Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks. 
and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. And when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him, and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. This is a story of repentance, of a prideful man that was so full of pride, but yet he, he allowed himself to be chained, to be shackled, to be led with hooks. That's what God had to get his attention. He had to give him an attitude adjustment. How many have had an attitude adjustment before? And, and we shouldn't have to go to that length, but sometimes that's what the Lord will do to get your attention. And it worked in this case because Manasseh began to plead with God, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And the Lord did and brought him back and put him back into the reign, into, into Jerusalem, into his kingdom. And then Manasseh recognized that the Lord was God. Manasseh humbled himself. He was no longer that proud person, but he humbled himself and God lifted him up. God put him in a place where he never thought it would be possible. Amen? Today, it's not too late if you find yourself struggling with pride. Even if it's a little bit of pride, it still stinks. When we make fish at home, I love fish. I love salmon. But there's a nasty smell to fish. Don't you don't all know? You, you can walk into anybody's kitchen and you can tell if they've been cooking fish, right? You can tell. And uh, if you don't air it out, clean it up, it's going to linger. It's going to linger for a day or two days. And... Uh, the same thing with pride. Pride will linger in your life. It will smell before kingdom, the kingdom of God. Is it hard again for people when they try to correct you? Is it hard for you to accept criticism without getting all bent out of shape? Well, how dare they talk to me like that? Don't they know I'm 29 years old and they're only 18? How dare them? I've been around a day or two. I mean... All of us can have that attitude if we choose to, instead of saying, okay, well, thanks. I'll, I'll take that into consideration, and we'll see what we do, right? How, how hard is that? Well, for those with pride, that's extremely hard. I'll tell you that right now. That's extremely hard. That is pride. Lord, teach me to be humble. I have a, a video that we're going to play here in a minute. You've seen it umpteen times because it's one of Pastor Rick's favorite videos. And I think you all know which one I'm going to play. But it's talking about Matthew, the tax collector. And it's comparing him to a, proudful, a prideful Pharisee. And the reason Pastor Rick loves it so much is because I felt that way when I came back to the Lord after I had backslidden. That just speaks so much to me every time I see it. And so um, if we can get the lights... And we can play that video. Let's raise the volume up so everybody can hear that. Next. 
They're all Jews. How can they live with themselves? Our own people working for Rome. These people make me sick. Collaborators. Let's move on. They're stinking vermin. You should keep your distance from them. Two men. Went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. And the other one. A tax collector. The Pharisee prayed. God. I thank you that I'm not like other men. Thieves. Adulterers. Or this tax collector. But the tax collector didn't even look up to heaven. He said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. God bless the tax collector, not the Pharisee. Anyone who praises himself will be humbled. And anyone who humbles himself will be praised. Matthew, come. How many have seen that before? Yeah, I think every hand, almost every hand. That's one of my favorite uh, videos. Only that's from the series Son of God that aired probably 10 years ago or so. You can rent that. It's online. It's a great series. Um, but did you catch that? Here was the Pharisee who was proud and, ex and exalting himself saying prayers such as, I'm thankful that I'm not like these ordinary people. And yet the tax collector, who was hated because he taxed his own people, they were the vermin of the earth at that time, according to the Jews. They, they didn't care for them. They were the base, the bottom of the litter. Um, they were despised. Yet Jesus called that man out because he repented. He showed he showed uh, humbleness, humility. Amen? God, Lord, help us to be humble. Teach us to be humble. Amen? I want to just point out to you six different things here, and I'm going to close real quick here, on how to be humble. Number one, are you thankful? If you're having a hard time with pride, begin to start thanking God for everything that you have. First of all, thank God for the very 
breath of life that you were able to take the moment you opened your eyes this morning? How many did that this morning? If you didn't, you should, you should start doing that every day. Be thankful because there's many, possibly hundreds, thousands, that didn't wake up this morning. Last night was their last night of sleep, and they fell asleep and died. But you and I woke up. Thank you, Lord, for that. Number two, are you forgiving? Is there something, somebody that you need to ask forgiveness of? Do you need to go and seek somebody out and say, I need you to forgive me. I'm sorry for this and that, and I need you to forgive me. That will help you to be humble, I promise you. Number three, are you teachable? Or are you that person that says, oh, no, I know it all? How many, any know-it-alls here? Because I, I need wisdom. I'm just looking for somebody that knows it all. Okay, none. Okay, good. So you're teachable. Continue to be teachable. Having a teachable spirit means that you're humble. I asked my kids a couple days ago, I asked them, honestly, tell me. I just asked Bianca and Raquel, I go, am I better at being humble than I was years ago? And I wasn't looking for them to pat me on the back or anything because how many know your kids are the first ones to call you out and tell you, lay it out how it is, right? They'll tell you without, without uh, sugarcoating anything. If you want to ask them, just ask them. They'll tell you. So Bianca said, oh, no, you're, you're way better than you used to be. I'm looking at her like, man, I was that bad? Yeah. Well, yeah, we all, we're all growing, right? We're all taking and ascending steps of growth. And so that was great to hear from them that I'm getting better at that because I want to get better at that. I don't want to be stuck on I'm the guy that knows it all. I don't want them to think that of me. I want them to know that dad doesn't have all the answers all the time. Some of the time he does, but not all the time. Amen. Help us to be teachable. Uh, number four, are you a servant? What did Jesus come to do in this world? He came to be a servant. A humble servant. Is, he was born in a manger with animals. He wasn't born at some ritzy hotel with all the creature comforts. He was born in a manger. Are you a servant? I heard one, somebody on social media, this was directed at ministers, said if, if the pastor's too big for the broom or the mop, then this pulpit is too big for him. You know what I mean? We should, we're servants. I'm a servant. Um, you are servants. If Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came to be a servant, how much more should you and I be servants? Amen? And again, that's what I love about our church. Our church is a serving church. Uh, from what we do here, set up, tear down, set up potlucks. I mean, we're a serving church. We do that consistently, and I thank you all. Number five, are you judgmental? Because that is one thing that is reserved for God, not you and I, unless you want to be called a modern-day Pharisee, because that's what they were very good at, at judging. Oh, did you see that person? See what they're wearing? Oh, my goodness. They came to church like that? Oh, my, my, my. I mean, that's not a God. I'm here to tell you that's not a God. Learn to not be judgmental. Number six, are you surrendered to God? Are you surrendered to God? Does that, that means, is there anything that you're, you should be willing to give everything to God? That means your, your home, your children, your finances, 
Everything belongs to Almighty God. And you should be able to say, Lord, you giveth, and Lord, you could taketh away. Job said that. And because he was humble enough, the Lord blessed him beyond measure. Amen. Lord, help us. Teach me to be humble. Stand with me this afternoon as we close. I did this in Napa as well, but I want to pray a prayer, and I don't want any hands lifted up, but I'm just going to ask this question. Don't raise your hand. Just let it resonate within you, but how many are having battles with pride today? Just let that resonate in your mind right now. And what I want to do is I just want to pray where you're at, and I want to pray for those that are struggling with pride. Pride is somebody that says, I don't need your help. I got this. I can figure it out on my own. You don't need to help me. Well, take a look in the mirror. How's it working? Some of us need to do that. How's it working? Heavenly Father, we boldly come before your throne again. Lord, we know how much you love us. And God, your word is clear. It clearly tells us that you oppose those that are proud. That we are submit to submit ourselves to others with humility toward one another. Lord, help us to humble ourselves so that, Lord, that you might lift us up in due time, as your word says. Your word says you will give the increase. That, Lord, that you will make us the head and not the tail. Lord, that you will grant us all the desires of our heart. But, Lord, help us to remember who put us there. You did, Lord. Help us to remember who gave us the knowledge of that. You did, Lord. Help us to acknowledge who, who created us to be hard-working people. You did, Lord. You did. You blessed us with grace, with forgiveness, with mercy. Now I pray for every person here that has struggled with pride, that they would learn to walk in humility. That may be hard at first, but the Lord promises to walk with you and not oppose you. The Lord wants to answer those prayers that you've been seeking to have answered for months and years, possibly. And the Lord is saying, humble yourself and I will lift you up. And I will lift you up. So Lord, teach us to be humble today. Bring healing to us today for those that are struggling with pride. And we rebuke that pride and we cast it out in the name of Jesus. And we declare a humble spirit, humility to reign in our lives from this day forward, Father. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in me one day at a time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 How many enjoyed that? Did you get something out of it today? Because I hope you did. I hope you take some of this and you, you apply it every day of your life. Because I, I never thought I would be up here as a preacher, as a minister, preaching to you. Never in a million years ever thought that. My parents never would have told you I would have done this. My brother would have laughed at that. Yes, he even laughed right now. But I'll tell you, God will lift you up when you humble yourself. He will, but you got to allow yourself to be humbled. Amen. That's where it starts. 
this Thanksgiving season as you gather with your families, with your friends, don't forget to take time after dinner, before dinner, and each of you go around the table and share why you're thankful. This is part of being humble. And, and make sure your kids do this with you. Have them share why you're thankful this year. I'll tell you, it gets you grounded. It makes you realize God Almighty is the one that provides. Amen? He's the one that brought you where you're at and continues to strengthen you and be everything that you need, your source of everything. So let's lift up our hands and receive that blessing today as we close. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You're dismissed. Have a great Sunday. And we'll see each other next week here. Potluck Sunday. So bring something. We'll bring a turkey. But uh, you guys bring other things to share. All right? God bless you.